Welcome to Return to Ease, the show where we talk about different ways to live with more intention. Each week, we will discuss different ways to learn how to nourish our mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Rachel Pecora. I'm a licensed massage therapist and a John F. Barnes-trained myofascial release therapist. I am passionate about living an authentic life and want to help you return to ease. Welcome back to another episode of Return to Ease. Today, I have a very special guest, Cesar F. Barajas. He goes by the pronouns he, him, and he is an international wellness mentor, a mental health advocate, a U.S. Navy veteran, a professional performer, and a certified emotional leadership facilitator. And he is also a chocolate chip cookie lover. So today we have Caesar with us in the house. So welcome, welcome. Oh, hi, Rachel. I am so excited. Listeners, just FYI, Rachel and I have never met other than social media and the power of the internet. So yeah. via the World Wide Web, we were able to connect. So it's a delight to get to see you and get to talk to you and get to be with you in real time. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for providing a, a wonderful platform to just share information that I think is vital to society currently. And I love the name. I meant to tell you that return to ease. Oh, Thank can you. we all just find ways to return to ease? Yes, it's very important. And I find that we heal in community. So mm-hmm. I just, I want to be able to share a little bit with the world and do my part. So oh, you certainly help. are. And I recognize you and I see you and I celebrate you, you wonderfully radiant, beautiful goddess of love <laughs> and light. Yes, there's going to be that kind of conversation, folks. So yeah, yes. start getting get ready. <laughs> so fun, so fun. So I, you are a yoga teacher too, and I am. a breathwork expert, and you have so much like cool background. And <laughs> I feel like I'm with a celebrity today, so this is really special <laughs> for me too, and I'm really honored that you could jump on here and chat with me. So thank you. I, I like to tell people that I, uh, I'm good at a lot of things and I'm a master of nothing. <laughs> hey, that's, <Really>? a- <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, how about you share a little bit of your background with us? If you're willing to share any bits of your story, like how did you land where you are today? I mean, I know that there's Ooh. like years of stuff that go into that, but maybe a little overview. Sure. Uh, yo, how long is this podcast? Cause I could tell you a 10 hour story, uh, but in a nutshell, like to get to this point right here, took quite a bit of work and experience and suffering and a whole butt ton of triumphs and tragedies and joys and sorrows. And I say that because that's the full spectrum of just living. Um, I am originally from Texas. I am a first generation Mexican American. My parents are Mexican immigrants. So shout out to mi mamá y mi papá que están quedando viviendo ahí in Houston, Texas. So raised in Houston, Texas and lived pretty much a nomadic life from the get-go. So I uh, we moved around a lot just depending on where work was, but had wonderful support from my parents. Uh, I have a younger brother named Alejandro who shout out to him. He's uh, also a strength and conditioning coach and a facilitator and a leader and a nurturer. And he runs Team Swole, 
Athletic Center in Houston, Texas. So please go and visit www.teamswoll.com. And then I grew up doing a bunch of stuff that people said, hey, you, this is how you live. This is how you're going to be shaped as a young man. Finally settling in after high school to join the military. I spent seven years in the United States Navy as a hospital corpsman, was on track to become a commissioned naval officer. Mm. So from 1993 to 2000, and then left the military because it just didn't align with ideals and where we were headed. And so the most recent Middle uh, East conflict that we just got out of is was just starting mm. when I was a year away from my commissioning and made the very difficult choice to leave. And then was like, what do I do? And I'd always been a performer. I've been on stages since I was eight. So I danced in high school. That was my first theater job and professional job. I started dancing professionally, performing at 15, and but it was always a hobby. And so in college, trying to figure out what to do if I'm not going to go into Navy and is it possible to carve out a creative performing arts career in a world that doesn't support wholeheartedly the performing arts? Right. And that's evident by the sheer number of school systems and programs in the country that are underfunded and underappreciated and politically ignored and systemically cast aside. And much to the chagrin of my parents at the time, I was like, yo, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to become a performer. And they were like, wait, what? So I've had a chance to do everything under the sun in entertainment, working with all sorts of award winners across theater, film, television, Broadway, off-Broadway, uh, then moved into the realm of being a professional choreographer, dancer, master teacher. I've taught all over the world and have gotten to travel and ended up coming to New York. I just celebrated my nine-year anniversary and realized that New York is home. And so I currently reside in Manhattan, New York City. And I'm also a professor at both Columbia University and Manhattan College in the Bronx, where I teach meditation, mindfulness, adjunct professor for the Teachers College at Columbia. I work specifically with the Student Veteran Organization at Manhattan College, where I lead retreats. Just got back from leading our first ever BIPOC men men's retreat in Atlanta and became affiliated with Everyman, which is the platform for men's support groups, peer-to-peer support, not therapeutic, became certified in, like you mentioned, yoga kettlebell, fitness, personal training. I was never the waiter. I, I, I didn't have the temperament to be like, I have a bartending or a waiting job. So I, I was coaching and teaching classes. And as a dancer and as a mover, I'm very aware and in tune with what my body does and was able to then coach people to do that. And then more importantly, became certified in mindful resiliency for trauma recovery, mindful resiliency for compassion fatigue, recognizing burnout. And then became a national ambassador and a master teacher for the Veterans Yoga Project. And so I am currently standing in front of you, just a very humbled man because I survived. Because in all the midst of that, like all of the accolades and awards and all the cool stuff I've gotten to do, um, I, I've suffered my entire life from debilitating anxiety and depression, post-traumatic stress injuries. And only recently, the pandemic shut all of my worlds down and gave me an opportunity to by force, be alone and self-reflect and start to really look inward. And I'm grateful for the pandemic in that sense. And I'm also very angry at it, Um, but I wouldn't be here talking to you. Like what resonates with you in my classes that you've taken wouldn't 
wouldn't come across energetically if I didn't go through any and all of that. So I celebrate again, both the wins and all of the losses. And they're not even losses, yo. I I, I don't even lose anymore. I'm either going to win something or I'm going to learn. So I appreciate the lessons. Yeah. Okay. And with that, I'm complete <laughs> for now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank I you. I know. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I know that you have a great background, but I didn't know some of those things. So that's really special to share. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for your service in the military. I know it's it's tough to make that decision to you know change your life after you. Mm-hmm. That's what you've made your life into. And most people, it's a, it's a hard choice. So it's you know thank you for your service and thank you for continuing to go with your your gut and follow mm-hmm. your intuition um, because your word is helping other people. You've mm-hmm. helped. Them. So that's very important. Can I reflect back on that right quick? Yeah. You know, I, I hear you share that and thank you. And I hear you share, um, thanks for following your gut. I only recently learned what that is. I had no idea that that instinct was driving me. Uh, I, I, for the first 45 years of my life, was in a place of necessity. Mm. And what I was seeking was community and seeking acknowledgement and appreciation and just to be seen. Yeah. Um, but this is how powerful universe, source, the divine, Mother Earth, the sun, the moon, whoever you pay homage to, this is how powerful it is. And I didn't know I was being guided. Yeah. No idea. Uh, so I was angry, angry, angry for the longest time because of a, a variety of things. And, and again, they're, they're systemic in nature, they're generational in nature, uh, my own personal experiences, traumas, little T traumas, capital T traumas. And had no idea. So I'm only just now able to receive, hey, way to follow your gut. And I know now what it is. So I'm happy that you recognize that because I'm like, oh, yeah, I did follow my gut. Yeah. And even the quote unquote mistakes that I made were all valuable parts of what has shaped me to become who I am right now. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. I, well, that's a perfect segue into telling the audience how we became acquainted. I would love to share. I'd love that. Yes. I would love to share how I came to find you in my life. And I think it's just, it's really fun and kind of like what you're saying, it's all, you know, divine timing and Mm. connection source, whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, I owe a huge part of my journey to you and way before you ever even knew it. So, it's it's really special. So maybe some of this will be new to you. Maybe you haven't even heard all this story. <laughs> um, I, I have it. Like, I just know that we connected uh, on top of everything else that I shared. Uh, I'm also an educator and a guide and teacher for multiple apps. And one of them is an audio-based app. Uh, I'm an on-camera coach for two others. So I have a lot of experience in connecting. But again, and prior o- offline, when we were just about to chat, I mentioned, um, I don't know how it resonates with people. Cause like, if I go in to film something or I go in to record something until it's released, until people listen to it, until people feel something from it. And until they reach out to me and say, Hey, I appreciate this. Or, Hey, I don't agree with you on this. And that's why I close all of my classes with, yo, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, complaints, celebrations, holler at your man, because I want to know what to shape. And yeah. I often ask listeners, what, what do you want? Because mm-hmm. either that or I'm going into stuff blindly. So I would love to hear when you first heard me. Let me interview Rachel Bacor here on her <laughs> show. When did you first hear me? 
and tell me what you love about me. I'm just yeah. Tell no, me. No, I know I'd love to because I'm I'm learning all of this for the first time. Yeah. So can I give a plug to how I found you? Can I talk? That's about up you? to you. I wasn't sure if I could mention. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Oh yeah. yay! Yeah. Shout out to to Aptive. <laughs> Aptive is uh, one of the world's leading audio-based fitness apps where we provide everything under the sun, walking, running, meditation, yoga, anything movement related, um, a whole team of fantastic coaches and teachers and producers. And that's how we met. So at some point you decided to download the app and you were like, I'm going to take this cat Caesars class and see what's up. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this, it's so funny because a few years ago I was like super into working out like hardcore, you know, I was always exercising, exercise, exercise, exercise. And, um, I was like lifting weights and I was running and I would do yoga and I'd go to hot yoga. And <laughs> I really liked the hot yoga. Cause that was what I would do on like my off days. And yeah. that was how I rested. And I mean, this is like probably six years ago, seven years. I don't know. It's been a long time now. Sure. And so at one point, cause I live in Northeast Ohio. So our weather outside is not always the best year round. And I was doing a lot of outdoor running mm-hmm. and the weather, you can't do it around here all the time with ice and snow and rain, because we get so much rain and, mm-hmm. you know, it's crappy in the winter. So I decided to buy a treadmill and I quickly found out how much I did not like running on a treadmill. It was just not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, how many people are resonating with this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. So like, I'm like, man, if something could just like, tell me when I'm supposed to like move the speed or incline, or if there was some music, cause this sucks so bad. And so anyway, I guess, you know, I spoke that out loud and I found, you know, active pops up on my phone of this, like, Hey, why don't you download this workout app? And I'm like, Oh, this is exactly what I needed. And for a while I was using it for the running. So then I found that there were other workouts like body weight workouts, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, weight workouts and other things and yoga and meditation. And I was not into meditation. I was like, that shit's weird. I don't want to have anything to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Rachel Bacor's tooth comes out. (laughs) but I was like, I know yoga. I've taken enough yoga classes. This is how I recover quote unquote. So let me start listening to these yoga teachers. So I, you know, I had a a handful of teachers that I like liked their voice and I liked how their encouraging words were. Um, I don't know if you're still connected with all those folks still, but anyway, yes. Many of them are are still dear friends, whether they're coaching still for the app or not, like many of them became family. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember I would listen to your workouts and I think maybe, maybe you had running ones. I don't remember. It's been a long time and I don't run anymore. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) So, um, but you would, you would do the yoga. And so I, I can do yoga. I would just listen to the yoga and I, I had known enough, you know, I've done enough yoga that I knew what the cues were. So it was just perfect. So I was just like listening to your voice in my ear all the time. Hmm. And, I was going into the mindset of yoga as being a workout or at least uh, a rest day, not for the mind body connection, just Mm -hmm. because I was obsessed with exercise Mm -hmm. and I was a chronic exerciser and it just, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. So I started listening to your classes and you would talk about 
like in certain poses, like reaching for tacos and reaching for <laughs> cupcakes. And I was like, what is this? Like you did introduce me as a chocolate chip cookie if it's chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's <laughs> balance, know, baby. <laughs> I don't know what you're reaching for, but I know I'm reaching for <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. And I'm like, hell yeah, I love chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah. <You know>, so <laughs> that resonated with me. And right. but the words that you used did not resonate with me at the time. You would talk about honoring the light mm-hmm. and the love inside mm-hmm. of each of us and spreading that out into the world and having gratitude. And I was like, I don't know what this is. This is like super weird <laughs> because no one in my family or immediate circle ever talked like that. We didn't mm-hmm. use words like that. Um that loving kindness, that self-love was not Mm. anything I grew up hearing or even knowing what that was. And people that had self-love, quote unquote, I thought were weirdos. Like I just, Mm -hmm. it just didn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me. So your words were like super positive to me way before I even had any, you know, idea what that meant. You told me how to be grateful for tacos and cupcakes. And I like, I could do that because I love those sure. things. And I started kind of feeling gratitude in other things in my life, like daily things, because I could hear your voice in my head, which sounds crazy, but you know, like I'm, I'm grateful for the sun now. Like those are things that I, I didn't have, you know, I just, I didn't even know how to do that. Um, so I just felt a connection listening to your, your words over and over. And I started looking forward to your classes. Um, and I stopped actually doing like the running. I didn't do more. Mm-hmm. running. <laughs> okay. and, yeah. And I just kind of would listen to your, your yoga. And then I started listening to your meditation class. <gasps> Did we convert you to a meditator? <laughs> ah. Did Rachel McCor, who just a few moments ago declared, she thought meditation, <laughs> what the shit is this? Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah, so that's how it started. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, and I could, I just could feel the, the energy through the app, which sounds so weird. You know, Mm -hmm. if someone's listening Mm -hmm. to that, they're like, I don't know, maybe I can't connect with that. But I don't know, I just connected with your, your voice and your, your sincere words, even though we weren't like, we didn't know each other. And I'm just mm-hmm. listening to your voice. I don't know what you even look like at this point. Sure. And after every class, you would, you know, tag like, hey, you know, follow me on Instagram or let sure. me know what you want to hear. And so I looked you up on Instagram and I was like, this guy's actually really cool. Thanks. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it started. And then here, here's another caveat. I am also like a, I love crime shows and true crime. And I'm kind of like a weirdo for like murders and stuff like that. And I love watching law and order. So here I'm watching law and order one day and I'm sitting in my bed. I still, I'll never forget this because it was so wild to me. I'm sitting in my bed. I'm not really paying attention to law and order. I'm scrolling through my phone and I hear your voice. And I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> How do I know that voice? Like I, I picked up the voice without even looking at the TV. And I was like, there's no way that that voice is the right voice. But I know that voice. So I paused it and I rewound it. And like, it was you, but you were in costume. So I didn't recognize you. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, he is on TV. He's on <laughs> <Lord> order. <laughs> 
So that was cool because I, I didn't even know that you were into like performing at that yeah. point. So yeah. that was so fascinating to me that I could pick up on your voice because I had heard it enough times in my wow. ear that I wow. could recognize it on TV. So I just wanted to share that because I thought that was really, really cool. Oh, so. I, I feel cool receiving that. And uh, would you mind if I reflected back to you on that? So uh, friends, beautiful fellow soaring eagles and beautiful humans, like Rachel and I are chatting, honestly, for the very first time right now. We've been Instagram friends, social media friends, like each other's stuff, comment on stuff. Hey, what's up? And just FYI, uh, Rachel is also, for those of you who are not aware, serving the greater good as a caretaker, as a healer, as a guide as a nurturer. So if you're in the Northeastern Ohio area, specifically Canton, or, you know, get in your car and drive to Canton and go and see her if you need myofascial release work, connective tissue release, massage therapy. So there's stuff about that, that I'm, I want to get into later, but I appreciate you. So I just want to honor you for also being in a, in a pivotal role as a caretaker. And so please, if nothing else, anyone remembers caretakers need caretakers too. Hmm. Like yes. we, we as healers. So if you're, if you're in any capacity, a human and you care about people, then you're going to, to at some point suffer from empathic distress because you care just as people. So I appreciate you sharing that because again, prior to going into sessions that I record, I will often just ask to be guided and say, okay, how do I be an instrument and a vessel? for kindness, compassion, love, inclusivity. And so unless someone reaches out to me and shares that, I have no idea. So thank you. And I'd actually love to very quickly point out, like, it's not surprising that this voice that you've been hearing class after class, you then recognize on a TV show um, because that's the energetic connection. And that's what most people don't realize. Like you are an absolute walking universe of love and light like legit like you're made up from the same elements as the stars in the universe so the energetic connection is always there and we don't give ourselves enough capacity to understand how divinely connected we all are like you are an actual bioluminescent creature straight up fact yo you glow those are the auras and i love also that you shared that you didn't grow up hearing stuff like that I thought I was so weird for so long. And if you're weird, friends, embrace the weird. Be weird. I love your weird. Because I, at one point I had an ex-girlfriend. She was like, yo, I'm so sick of your bohemian tree-hugging bullshit. So I subdued a lot of it for a long time because I I didn't know I was in tune that way. Yeah. And so, you know, Caesar's the weirdo and he's, he's a dancer. And so there's all these societal constructs that constructed me to be a particular man, which then led to a lot of the mistakes that I made and the lessons that I learned. So I'm happy that you say that because I'm going to ask you how you identify as, and there's a point to this, uh, not just pronoun wise, but like racially, ethnic, eth- ethnically, ethnically, how do you identify as? You know, a, a white female. So here's a, 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 a white female raised in the United States, Midwest, US, here I am, Again, first-generation Mexican-American, son of immigrants. And yet we both share a very common ground that 
if you're going to go into energy work or you're going to talk about your feelings or you're going to be vulnerable or you're going to meditate that you're weird. So this is, this is why it doesn't matter friends, ethnicity, race, gender, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation. Yo, no one teaches us these things because it's a whole other, we can go into another six hour podcast on I know. societal constraints, but we won't go into that. So I just wanted to touch up on that. I appreciate you sharing that you were also in that place where like meditation, what are you kidding me? What, what is that? Yeah. And here we both are connected. And, and then here we are now in a place where we get to openly speak to this. Yeah. And embrace our weirdness. And I mm-hmm. love your weirdness for crime shows <laughs> and for our, whatever else floats your boat. And yeah. I know that I, I love where I've stepped into in order to embrace that. And this is part of what I help guide people towards. So like just helping to raise people's self-awareness, self-acceptance flags. Yeah. And, you know, I think that those things like just um, starting, like going back with the gratitude or just having light and love inside, you know, it's, it's, it plants those seeds in my head. And even though I didn't know what that was maybe preparing in the future, but it was really like kind of like I said before, kind of guiding me, like Mm. to follow your gut, but also I was like developing my intuition as a body worker. We kind of innately just have that intuition, but Mm. like we tend to shut it down because society or culture or family, whatever, whatever the reason is says that you can't be weird. Like that's too woo. Mm -hmm. So to, I had, a, I always had a great intuition, but I shut parts of that down in my body. Mm. And so uh, listening to some of your words helped really develop that again, bring it back out and kind of, um, you know, it's not weird. I don't have to listen to my family saying that I'm weird. I'm not weird. I'm not mm. weird. I'm cool. Mm. Like I'm mm-hmm. helping people. That's right. <laughs> And who cares if I'm weird? I'm only doing this for me. I'm not doing it for someone else. So um, yeah, just like having gratitude really started my journey of healing and Mm -hmm. which also developed my, you know, more intuition. The more I developed myself, the stronger my intuition became. And um, like you said, all along, my gut was really guiding me and I just Mm -hmm. didn't trust it or I didn't listen to it. And you know, it just kind of got um, kind of stuffed down with society sure. and cultural, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So can I ask you a question about that? Can I, yeah. can I interview you? Yeah. Um, do you feel like just coming into that place of self-acceptance then helps your practice? Cause as a caretaker and a healer, do you feel like you're then able to intuitively energetically then help people recover or rehabilitate? hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, self-acceptance and it just, it really helps me to have more compassion for mm. myself. Um, and that was something also that, you know, these things aren't taught, you, no one's teaching you these things. And if you come from any kind of background, that's not, I think it's just anyone, you can have a great life as a child and still come out messed up. Right. So like, yeah. You know, but if you've got any kind of um, background of like poverty or, you know, things where maybe you just don't have, you know, a dysfunctional family or sure. maybe your parents have to work their asses off to provide. So they don't get to talk about the feelings part because they're just trying sure. to put food on the table, you know. So, um, yeah, like going back and accepting parts of myself, like, yeah, it really, mm, that, it really helps. 
I'm so vibing with that because <laughs> what that puts me in a position to understand even greater is the reason why there's divisiveness in the current country. Like we're talking about the US. So wherever you are in the world listening, I'm certain that in your country's foundings, people sat around a table and decided this is what we're going to do, this is where we're going to go. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, unless it was particular Native American tribes, particular African tribes, that everything that was decided was led by a man. Right. So the fact that there's divisiveness in our current United States of America, and I spell America A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-A. So the idea of moving away from white patriarchal dominance. And so I want to honor you as a woman, as a female identifying, you already have to carry certain obstacles and have to run through certain chaoses just to exist as a woman in this world. And then you add to that your weirdness. We keep talking, well, let's just call it weirdness for the show. So the weirdness of, of being in tune and coming into a place of connection. And then you mentioned like, well, our parents were working our butts off. Absolutely. My parents slaved themselves and had to, to provide for my brother and I, and were showing us examples of what hard work is, but no one in my life ever said to me or asked me, what do you need? How right. can you be supported? Yeah. And if you dared talked about your feelings, then you were ostracized. You were often cast aside. You were then labeled. Yeah. And we're in a society that currently exists on an absolutely divisive stance of reward versus punishment, scarcity versus excess. So look at what's going on currently now just within our own government. These are the leaders. Yeah. And yet you're going to sit here and tell me that because someone's sexual orientation doesn't flow with you, that they need to exist in a different light and change who they are. So then my question to that is always, well, I'm curious then, why do my choices affect you? And then this goes back to the country's foundings of control, dominance, the non-recognition of women, people of color, Native Americans. So I want to also just honor that here we are, and I'm on Manhattan Island, which was originally the inhabitants of the Lenapa tribes. And I just want to acknowledge that these lands were unseated. These lands were stolen. And so if I don't recognize where the physical earth that I'm standing on comes from, then I'm not recognizing and doing due justice to the previous inhabitants. Right. So all, all of that to say that that's, that's part of the debate now is, yo, can I tap into my weirdness? And this is why I exist. This is why I survive mm -hmm. after the life that I've led and being incarcerated. Yo, I've been locked up. I've been shot at again, just shit that I I'm not proud of, but like, I'm in a position now to use that voice. So how do we create activism? Well, I throw in certain gems and tidbits of info yeah. in the classes that I teach. I go in full, full disclosure with all of my employers. How filtered do you need me to be? Yeah. Because if you're going to then try to mute me, then we don't work together. So I'm fully supported right now by every single one of my employers all the people that I teach with. And I've done everything from like lead corporate meditations for Capital One and IBM. And I've worked one-on-one -on -one just sitting with the homies like this and being like, yo, what do you need? But that was the ultimate, the ultimate question that I needed. What was the advice that I needed to hear as a kid? It was, hey, how can you be supported? Yeah. And yeah. this is why it's such an honor to just be able to be here and connect and then share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
beautiful. I love it. I, um, I also grew up in the South, so I'm a state neighbor to you. I'm Wait, where are you from? Louisiana. Yeah. What, whereabouts? <laughs> yeah. So I grew up outside of New Orleans. Yep. Girl, Northern I used to North. date a girl from Metairie. Which parish? Mm, uh, yep. I lived in, well, I lived in Tangipahoe Parish. That's where I was okay. born. It's on the north oh. side of New Orleans. Uh, my family, my parents are from New Orleans. So, okay. yep. And I know all about, um, it's a different world in the South. Yes, ma'am. Yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. Okay. You know, you grew up as, I'm, I'm a privileged white woman, but I grew up as a female in the South and yeah. it's, it's a different world. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting how okay. things are different. And yeah. So thank you for recognizing that because I, I didn't come from anything, you know, I've sure. built everything I have. And, right. and it's like, man, people are rough out there. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So I well, thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yeah. And the South is, it's its own animal. I think <laughs> it is um, lots of healing yeah. needed all around, like globally. Yeah. However, if, if you're from the U S it, it is, it's a very different world to be from the South. Um, and I've reflected back to friends who grew up like, you know, Pacific Northwest or grew up mostly Miami, uh, even Northeasterners grew up New York, Boston, Providence. And you mentioned you're from the South and there's a certain adage that comes up. There's a certain stereotype and that's just with everybody. Yeah. But recognizing that Louisiana folks, Texas folks, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, it, it's just a different different world and even current day like look at the most recent uh gubernatorial race in georgia and we've got now people like i mean these heathens these these vicious heathens like desantis in florida we're trying to remove the word gay you've got this idiot and i'm not one to call people mean names but like you know i'm gonna call a tea kettle what it is (laughs) <laughs> and so you've got Sanders in, in Arkansas. I mean, like places where the state's foundings deeply rooted in segregation, yeah, in oppression. And so it's just hard for me to listen to some things mm. that revolves and centers around whitewashed history. Yeah. And so hearing you say that you're from Louisiana, I automatically know, like, oh, okay. I feel that that vibes with me more than like the Midwest. Cause I don't know the Midwest I've toured extensively and gotten to play stadiums and theaters all in that beautiful part of the country. Like I said, I have ties, to, I have ties to Canton, Ohio, So shout out to Canton ballet and Cassandra Crowley. Um, my friend, Dr. Elise Scratty, who is a chiropractor in Canton. She was one of my ballerinas from 16 and now she's a, a wonderful doting mom and wife and yeah. practitioner. Um, so I have wonderful ties to, really everywhere in the country. However, I have to still keep my head on a 360 degree swivel in many places, even currently as the professional in front of you, as this educated, experienced, enlightened person, you can't flag a cop down now to help, to, to help you in an accident without the fear of being hurt mm-hmm. or viciously murdered, which is Again, that's a whole other podcast on how to, how we can just start to heal or try to from that. 
Yeah. But I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your vulnerability. Um, I appreciate that too. Mm. How do you, how do you move through that with, um, how do you Excellent stay centered through all that? Ooh. Well, I tell you what, I had to go through numerous breakdowns. <laughs> I have been down in the depths of the darkness. Mm. And I don't know if I'm sad, I can let my accent come out and just be like, <laughs> all right, I've worked very hard to get rid of it. Um, and then just as an actor and performer, you have to develop what they call a, a transcontinental accent so that you don't really appear to be from anywhere and you can right. adapt. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how. I just learned how, honestly. Like my my um, em- emotional sobriety came to light in 2010. I had been married and I was post-divorce and yet was a part of another failed relationship. Um, I identify as he, him. I am a cisgendered heterosexual man. Uh, but I'm also now in a place to honor and recognize that I don't have to be pigeonholed or tunneled into what a cisgendered heterosexual man is. Mm. I am a staunch advocate for the LGBTQIA 2S plus community. I am now in a position where I'm like, yo, I'm hetero, hetero curious. Like I love people like what drives people so those of you that identify as polyamorous or non-binary like beautiful be be you mm-hmm. and so i'm just now coming to a place where that's recognized within me however that all started in 2010 post divorce i was still living in la and i had no idea what to do or where to go so i was working for trader joe's at the time shout out to trader joe's employee assistance program straight up. And I was sitting in the back room on a break. My wife and I had just separated and I'm lost. And I look up and there's a number for the employee assistance program. And I randomly went outside and I dialed it. And again, divinely guided the person that I spoke to female identifying then shared, she's a Marine. Oh, Mm -hmm. Navy. And she said, we're going to, we're going to take care of you. Cause I just, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I've, I've had suicidal ideations a dozen times in my life, I came this close three different times to actually taking my own life. And she said, let's get you in touch with somebody. And so I met my first therapist. So shout out to all the therapists in the world in all forms and capacities. And Steve taught me, God bless you, Steve, in Calabasas, California. Steve taught me about affirmations and the works of Louise Hay and what crystal energies. And so I was like, well, again, what is all this weird, what kind of bullshit are you trying to sell me? <laughs> right. And then thought, well, you know what? I'm here. I might as well try this. So here I am 13 plus years, emotionally sober. I have been in and out of counseling and therapy and support groups consistently that entire time, all variations. So cognitive behavioral therapies, EMDR, um, And it wasn't until June of 2020. And yet again, I was the pivotal factor in why the relationship that I was in failed. In retrospect, I'm looking back and I'm like, I just didn't know how to express the pain, the anger. I didn't know how to express my needs. So on top of everything else we talked about certification-wise, I'm also certified through Dr. Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication, which is deeply rooted in expressing needs, wants from a non-judgmental place. Because mm-hmm. the entire world for me up until that point was, you know, woe is me. The world is out to get me. 
So what do I have to do? I'm a caged animal. I'm cornered. I'm going to fight back. And that was my life. I, I grew up fighting. I, so all of that, that's all I knew. And if that's all you know, and that's all your parents know, and that's all your parents' parents know, you're trying desperately to keep your head above water and undo generations of pain yeah. and oppression And what we don't get highlighted on enough is that you're also coming from generations of kings and queens. Like your lineage is literally derived from from royalty. Not the oppressive, gonna steal shit, put it in a British museum oppression, but like actual royalty. Like you're a king, you're a walking king and a queen. Like, but who teaches us that? Who teaches a little fat Mexican boy from the (laughs) South to do that? Who teaches this lovely little girl from Louisiana to, to, to come into that mindset. Nobody, nobody. And so 13 plus years of therapy counseling, and you would think, yo, I'm healed. No, you, it's going to be continual healing. Yeah. And in June of 2020, I was in a relationship with a incredible woman and I, I ruined it and I'm not solely at fault. But like, I'm able to stand up and say, yo, this is what happened. So I had a breakdown and then lo and behold, I discovered men's support groups. Wait, there's actual groups wait for men. And so then I became a disciple of Mike Sagoon, Andrew Kippen. These are both prominent players in, in the everyman community. And if you have any questions about that, I mean, at any point, please feel free to reach out and ask, especially fellas. or female identifying ladies if you have questions about this how do you how do you how do you get your man how do you get your partner to to understand that something like this might potentially be beneficial mm-hmm. this is the work that we do and so then my emotional leadership facilitation training came from them and i had these wonderful mentors that helped guide me to bring it all back to where we were originally talking about all of that had to happen in the last 2 years and really 2 years i've had a lifetime of teaching I have 20 plus years in the coaching personal training game. I've got 30 plus years as a professional performer and I'm only two years old in the, oh, I tap into my own feelings and be vulnerable and I can be emotional and that's okay game. Yeah. So, so long as you start yeah. and we've got guys in our group that are 60 plus, we've got guys in our group that are in their mid twenties. And I never, ever once said to myself, why didn't I learn this at 25? Because it, I didn't, I wasn't ready. And here I am now having this conversation with you to then urge our listeners, wherever you are in life, yo, you can absolutely choose to start over, period. Yep. And if you need help, it's out there. And if you're not sure where to start, call me, call Rachel, we'll help you. But you are not alone. Everything you're feeling, everything you feel is absolutely valid. And yeah. so the, the time frame and the world that we live in where, I mean, for Christ's sakes, you can't be a woman in Taliban run countries and go to school like that. It's over. That is so archaic. Yeah. It's brutal. And I'm a staunch feminist. Like the future has to be female. And I'm not saying this just to try to gain favor with those that are female identifying, but it's like getting men to understand and women. You can come into your own powers 
And you're able to then find the balance between the beauty that is your masculinity and the beauty that is your femininity. And it got nothing to do with gender, folks. Nothing yeah. to do with gender. Yeah. Long gone are the days where masculine means hard and rigid and feminine is soft. No, F that. Yeah. The strongest creature on this planet is a woman. The woman and the female identifying body that can carry a baby to term is the only creature on this planet that can create a concept spiritually in their minds, decide then I'm going to have a baby and then bring that to actual life. And you tell me that that's not strength. You want to tell me that that's, thank you. Thank you. And then go through the process of labor. And by the way, when I was in the Navy for the first two years, I was on a labor and delivery war. I've taken part in over 250 natural and operative deliveries. I've sat in the OR in a military hospital. The baby, once the cord is cut, is passed directly to me. If there are any complications, we go directly to the NICU. But like to have witnessed that as a 19-year-old shaped me. Yeah. And to this, I mean, now as a 47-year-old man, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that I got to see that and witness that. All of that coming into a place where how do you find balance? Like my question to you is what do you do to find balance? Because you asked me originally, what do I do to find some semblance of safety, sanity, and peace? I move, I do wholesome foods, I treat myself. I feel like having some leches cheesecake that I'm gonna have some. If I feel like, you know, this week I'm not gonna smoke weed, great. And that's what I do. Like I find my balance and I set my boundaries. So I'm curious, Rachel, how do you set? your boundaries and what do you do to take care of you? Mm. Let's take a deep breath on that. Listeners, wherever you are, will you please take a deep breath with me? And please, uh, one more thing, because I definitely want to hear your answer. If anything that we're sharing resonates or you find your body feeling activated, ooh, you're just feeling something certain. So as you're listening, can I ask you to relax the shoulders away from the ears? Just try to be in tune. Because I don't talk about these things to try to woo-woo myself. I talk about these things because people then have a greater connection to someone that not just only sees them, but then also is then able to learn that someone else has walked a similar path. Yes. So that goes back to then the overall, like you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you keep yourself sane? Rachel in this current world. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's many different ways. Um, I think I've probably talked about it in like a hundred podcasts by now, but like I've been on a lot of other podcasts as well. I always talk about, but uh, I haven't heard it. Oh, uh, what? Well, yeah, you'll hear it. Great. <laughs> so I, I keep a gratitude journal. So I write Beautiful. lots of journals. I have journals for everything. And so mm. I write lots of things down that really helps me to get all the goop out that's in my brain, at least put it on paper and then it's done. I don't have to keep thinking about it. Um, sometimes I'll just spin on the same thoughts over and over again. So to write them down and it's like, okay, it's concrete. I wrote them down and then I can just like, let them go. So that's been really helpful for me. Um, and the other thing that I do is I'm actually in a woman's group too. It's probably similar to what you probably facilitate. Um, and this is a woman's group for women, like all over the world. It's an online program that I've been in for a couple of years and, um, kind of like you, you know, you can do all this other work, body work, mental work, all the stuff, Mm -hmm. but like when you start 
learning your own body is where the changes occur. Mm, say it again for the people in the back who ain't listening. <laughs> yeah. So you have to feel, you have to learn your own body to learn how to change it. And for me, learning more somatic practices has been really helpful. Um, and listen, observing other women, you know, witnessing in a, in a group in a container is really powerful um, mm. because I think we heal in communities. So mm. to be able to witness some of these awful things that other women are going through. Um, and there's not always awful things. Sometimes it's joy. Sometimes we're sharing happy things. Yes. So it's fascinating that it doesn't matter what part of the world these women are in, what mm-hmm. background, because we don't, you know, when we're on these zoom calls, we don't know. Sure. I don't know what they do for a living. I don't know what their income is. I have no idea the struggles that they've had. I don't know anything in their life, but when they share their stories, we all have a connection of like, I can, I can relate to that in some spot, you know? So I've learned how to hold space and also take up space. And those Mm. were two things that were definitely not learned or accepted in my family. You don't, you don't know how to hold space. No one holds space in my family (laughs) and there's no boundaries and there's no, um, you know, witnessing others. It's just, it was very different. So Mm. to learn these tools has been so helpful for me. Um, and I'm able to hold myself. I can hold space for myself and that's, what's really important. Mm. Oh, I'm breathing in all of that juicy deliciousness. Yeah. Um, and if you'll allow me, I'd love to reflect back on a couple of things. Sure. Um, thank you. Uh, yo, true story, not two seconds before you talked about somatic. And so somatic folks, it's just a way to tap into the physical body. I wrote down on my post-it like somatic release. So <laughs> I wanted to recognize that like your journaling is an actual physical release. Yeah. Stepping out of like what the conscious mind is doing. So I, I commend you. And so this is what we chat about. And I love that, like, you got your women's group and I've got my men's group. So just listeners, there's something out there yeah. for you. If you need any kind of support there, it's there. Yeah. I have been a conduit for many people who are like, I don't know where to start. Great. Let's start here. So again, if you have any questions about that, I I will absolutely be honored to help support. Um, But you mentioned somatic release and the fact that your gratitude journal was one of the journals that you keep. And it wasn't until recently that I learned, like if you have a regular gratitude practice and a lot of what my meditation stem from come from that, like a regular gratitude practice also releases the same positive neurochemicals in the body that comes from exercising. So you mean like the endorphins yeah. Like serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, uh, 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 during sex, during exercise, like what, what brings you joy? Like that's released by simply being in a position to say, yo, thank you. Yeah. And then having a regular practice at that yep. goes into continued strengths, continued positions where the body then is going to heal from traumatic experiences. And so I, I commend you for, for having those outlets um, I wanted to highlight also that 
as a facilitator, I, I have a particular mind of thinking. However, friends, please understand that I'm also a regular attendee. So like I'm the caretakers need caretakers. Yeah. Like um, one of my favorite quotes from Paolo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, if you're not familiar. Um, and he says, be the fountain that overflows rather than the cistern that merely contains. Mm-hmm. So I, for years, depleted myself because I've been caretaking and teaching for years and years and years. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That makes sense now. I no longer give people from my own reserves. You are going to lovingly and graciously receive from my excess. But how do you create that excess? Exactly like you said, Rach, you got to go in and you got to tap into self. And who teaches us that? What course did anyone take that says, hey, how to raise self-awareness 101? Dr. Kristen Neff, who is one of the leading experts on self-compassion, I am also a huge disciple of and learned, like, I'd never heard of self-compassion. You mean I can actually like congratulate myself for things that I do right, rather right. than spend all of my monkey mind screaming at myself for what I did wrong? Yes, mm-hmm. but it's it's training. So I appreciate you, and especially learning like your background, what you did to shift and shape the way of thinking. And friends, that's called neuroplasticity. You can absolutely rewire your thinking. How? Mm-hmm. Certain things. And if you have any questions on that, but like that's part of this work. And I wanted to also highlight that the support groups that you're in, the support support group that I'm in, um, whether I'm hanging out with some of my military brothers or some of my fraternity brothers, so shout out to Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. We are the country's first ever traditionally Black fraternity. And so even though I identify as a Latin, Dr. Martin Luther King, who we just celebrated recently, is a brother. Thurgood Marshall, the first ever Supreme Court justice, is an alpha. Jesse Owens, four-time Olympic gold medalist at the 1936 Olympics in front of that idiot Hitler, is an alpha. So there are communities, and we are genetically predisposed to stay socially connected. Yeah, And that's why I believe the current buzzwords, meditation, mindfulness, yoga, mindful movements all came to light, but we're talking about practices that have existed for thousands of years. And so what did the pandemic do? The pandemic viciously ripped people away from their social connections, work, their personal lives, family, all of that got uprooted and people then panicked because we have to have people. You cannot do any of this alone. You can try. Yeah. And yo, you're going to gas yourself out. You're going to redline it and your engine's going to bust. And then what? Yeah. You're stuck on the side of the road. So yeah. I appreciate you highlighting the social connections that you have. And then I appreciate you talking about creating for yourself the space. And as a certified trauma informed, all capital letters, healing centered teacher, one of the modalities that we teach, especially with the Veterans Yoga Project. And please visit www.veteransyogaproject.org for all of the information needed on how to support veterans, the families, that community, because we lose so many of our soldiers, sailors, Marines to suicide daily. And then within the the history of the U.S. military, there also exists ostracization, segregation, oppression. 
With that said, the modality that our founder, Dr. Dan Libby, spoke to is how do you create a space? And the space is the acronym for a safe, predictable, controlled environment. So in a world that provides zero safety, so when I go into a room, I don't talk about creating a safe space because guess what? Safety doesn't exist. There are dangers lurking. You go into particular parts of the world and you step into a jungle, the environment's going to protect itself. This cute little frog that you want to touch is the most vicious poison in its body and it will murder you. (laughs) Or you step into the streets of New York. You could be in Canton. Let's talk about what just happened recently in Monterey Park. Let's talk about people that went to give themselves an opportunity to pray to their particular and uh, deities in a synagogue or in a black church in the South. Like you can't go anywhere and feel safe. But however, I challenge you to consider how you can create a brave space. Can you become that much braver? And so you asked earlier, how do I center myself? I go into the world. I step out knowing that at any point in time, I could be called home. Because guess what, folks? We're all going home. Why are you fighting about this? We're going home. And none of you are going to live forever. Right. And none of you are going to be here 150 years from now. Right. So how do you then set? Exactly. Exactly. So then how do you create that safe, predictable, and controlled environment? You set your own boundaries. You look inward. How do I feel safe? If I walk into a room, especially current day, like I still take all of the classes that I take masked. That's just me. If I'm not physically healthy, I can't do my job. That means I don't get paid. That means I don't pay my rent. Right. So, but I also feel better. So why are you questioning me about whether or not I wear a mask in class? Like, again, the question, why do my choices affect you? Right. And I legitimately ask people that. So I create safety by putting myself in a particular part of the room. Can I see where the entrances and exits are? How do I create predictable environment? Well, I have routines. I love to do this. And I have Saturday morning classes with my guy, Matt Forzaglia, who runs Flex Fit Fitness out in Astoria, Queens. Sunday evenings, I go and visit my dear friend, Michal Shapir, who teaches uh, hot yoga at Vera in Brooklyn. So like predictable. I know I'm going to be there. Every other Tuesday, I know I'm recording for Active. Like that's my predictability. The kicker is how do you create or how do you exist in a controlled environment? Especially in a world that offers you zero control. Well, here's the kicker, folks. And here's the golden answer. You get to choose. What do you want? Do you want an existence that's marred by pressures from society or your family or your partner? Do you want to keep living like that? Or do you want to shift? Do you want to create change? Do you want to put yourself in a place of potential expansion to receive abundance? Then you have to pause. You have to reflect. You have to observe. You have to notice. And you have to feel. That's all mindfulness is. All mindfulness is, is stopping for a moment and being like, yo, this shit ain't working for me no more. And that's that's exactly what happened. Right? Every relationship that I was ever a part of, sorry, when I first started dating at 15, I learned something new and I'd go on. I've had wonderful partnerships and I've had partnerships that I was like, why was I involved in that? Like how many of us raise your hands can relate to like, why, why did I do? Okay. Well, that was a lesson somehow, Mm -hmm. but I eventually decided that I was sick and tired of yo being so sick and tired. 
Yeah. And guess what? Not you, Rachel, not my employers, not my family. Ain't nobody going to yuck my yum. No more. I'm done. I'm done, son. Now they say out here in New York, I'm done, son. Yo. But how did I do that? I had to, I had to fall down. Yeah. I had to get kicked while I was in the dirt. I had to bleed profusely. I had to heal. I had to, I had to rely on my support systems. I had to get locked up. I had to realize if I am not going to create change, then I'm going to die. I'm not ready to die because I like living. I like being on the planet. I like enjoying chocolate chip cookies in my yoga. I like connecting with family. I love getting to talk to you. But like, unless you decide you want to change, that shit ain't going to happen. Yeah. It's just not. So create your safe, predictable, and controlled environment. Create your space however you want to. And if you want help with that, just hit me up. Oh, my God. And this ain't about money making. Because <laughs> no. I, I promise you, because a lot of what I do, I do pro bono. Because I just want people to know that they don't have to stay in the abusive relationships. They don't have to stay in a job that just sucks the life out of them. And how many people do we know mindlessly, blindly, are a part of that hamster wheel that just keeps turning? Yep. So can you be the weirdo and step off the hamster wheel Yeah. and tap into who you are energetically, your true potential, and the power that you absolutely 100% possess? Yeah. Oof. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh man. For the listeners who are tuning in, like I'm, I'm emotional now. And I love that I'm in a position that like, if the tears fall, they fall. Yeah. And these are tears of like sadness and tears of joy and tears of appreciation and tears of frustration. And all of it coexists. You can't come at me and be like, oh, today I'm a little mad. No, you can't be a little angry. You're either pregnant or you're not. You can't be a little pregnant. So like be angry. So yeah. then my, my mentor, dear friend, Mike Sagoon, teaches wonderfully. Like we out, we're, many of us live under the umbrella of the five basic emotions, mm -hmm. anger, sadness, joy, two others. I can't remember. Mike will be mad at me. But like, let's say we're under the umbrella of anger. And he just recently talked about this. So like under the umbrella of anger, like, are you down here at the bottom where it's like irritation? Like, ah, oh, the train's not coming. I, I have to be somewhere. Yeah. Or are you at the top where it's rage filled and you're punching holes through walls? Yeah. But all of it exists because you're this wonderful human who feels things. Yeah. And so my purpose in life, the only reason why I'm here and the only reason why I agreed to do this is A, to connect to you. B, to utilize your platform to help share with the world. And this is why I told you offline in our emails, I don't care if we've got one listener or one million, that doesn't matter. If someone is hearing this and they're in a position to then self-reflect and decide they want to change, you absolutely 100% can. Yeah. I love that because you, I was going to mention that anyway, but you mentioned that in our email correspondence and it brought me back into my body, which was oh, like, wow, okay. of course, you know, of course it did, you know, <laughs> in my brain, sometimes I get all like about certain things and yeah. my head just kind of spins and you're like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You know, if you reach one person, then that's enough. And I was like, oh, duh, of course that's enough. Like, 
I just needed that reminder. And that's the thing with work that we, we have to have constant reminders because these other thoughts have been ingrained in our brains for so long. It takes so much reminding of little things to change. And so it just takes time. It's like, of course, of course, of course. And then I was like, okay, I feel grounded. And I felt grounded for about a week after that. I was like, yay. (laughs) Like I just, oh, please forgive me for interrupting. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to share. I mean, like that, whether you're aware of it or not, we are as a society, especially over the last, let's say 10 years, because we can go back hundreds to figure out the reasoning why certain atrocities exist, why certain joys exist. But most recently over the last 10 years with the advent of social media and the increased technology and smartphones, like we're in a social media driven world, like we're in a world of likes. Mm -hmm. So it's only natural that we seek validation. It's only natural. All All right. I'm going to go into (laughs) just a, a few teachings. So another resource of information for me and that I feel I'm a disciple of is Dr. Gabor Mate. So Dr. Gabor Mate is a leading psychologist and somatic healer and experience um, facilitator in this world. But he speaks to when we are born, the only two fears that we are innately born with, the only two is the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Everything else is learned everything. So when we come out of the womb, loud noises, fear falling. Everything else comes from who you are, genetically, cognitive development, depending on what part of the world, how were you raised, socioeconomic status, all all of these things play into factor. And the beauty behind his teachings and the beauty behind what I love to share And I firmly believe is that you can also go back, and this goes back to reflect on neuroplasticity. You can go back and you can undo some of those knots. You just have to be willing and you have to want it. Because the the beauty of connecting with you is I know that what I'm teaching is valuable. I know that. But I can only lead you to the water. Until you're ready to drink from the stream or you're ready to ingest more of what I have, then I can't do anything for you. Because guess what? I also had to learn, and very recently, I'm not responsible for your reception of me or your rejection of me. Yeah. And baby, when I tell you, yo, that shifted just how I interact with strangers. Because yeah. I used to worry. Yeah. Oh, my! this post only got nine likes, but this post got like 1,003. Like, no, gone, gone. I'm, I'm done. I'm just done. Yeah. Tony Jones is a wonderful musical artist, and she has a song called Energy Buzzing budget, please go and Google energy budget, Tony Jones. She says, I'm hella bougie when it comes to my energy budget. I am bougie AF. You want some of me? No, I got to be, I have to understand that you're worthy of it because what I'm giving and gifting is beyond monetary value. Yeah. And the, 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 the beauty of that is I just realized that made me sound like an asshole. <laughs> Hella bougie when it comes to my energy budget. You're priceless. Beauty, yeah, I'm priceless, yo. The beauty of that though is that I'm not going to turn you away. So like within moments, I, I already know. Like the, this, the, the, the healer in me already knows this is going to connect or it doesn't. And I just remove myself. Yeah. Uh, long gone are me trying to convince you. Long gone is me trying to argue. No, no. 
I'm not trying to debate anybody. If you want to learn, then let's chat. If you want to have a discussion that's open and candid and frank and honest, then let's have that conversation, even if I don't agree with you. And that's what's severely lacking in our current world. No one teaches us how to have a conversation. Again, it goes back to the educational system here in the U.S., which is severely underfunded, underappreciated, politically ignored, systemically cast aside. So shout out to all the teachers in the world who are working (laughs) with nothing. Yes. Yes. Shout out to them. But like no one in our educational system ever says to us again, what do you need? How can you be supported? Instead, we're raised on a system of either you do A, so you can get a gold star on the wall, because if you do B, you're going to go sit out in the hallway. And that's how I was raised. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I got, and this was back when corporal punishment was still allowed. I can't tell you how many times I got pops in the hallway. That's Again, a certain thing. It's, maybe, if it happened anywhere else, if, if, if your school allowed for corporal punishment, like an actual paddle, where they took the child out yep. into the middle of the hallway, because then what it would do is it would echo. Yep. And I remember vividly the first time I heard the pop, pop, pop. And I was like, what the hell is that? And someone's saying to me, oh, someone's in trouble. Yep. So then you're living from a place of fear. I know. It's rather awful. than encouragement and appreciation. So how do, you, how do you create a culture then that stems and starts to pull away from that? Yeah. You try to teach kids now to express. Many programs now that exist across the country that offer meditation rather than detention. How do we then find ourselves in a position as full-grown adults who are deeply embedded in our ways? And this is an opportunity for me to shout out my parents. God bless them both. So A, a little something about mom and dad. Mom, dad, I love you. Hi. They're both in their 70s. Again, Mexican immigrants, but they're right-wing Republican supporting. Okay. That's on you. We've had multiple discussions over the years, and I used to get so angry and frustrated. Why are you? Nope. Again, remember I said earlier, I've let go. I'm no longer responsible for how you receive or reject me. They're grown folks. But can we have a discussion? And so over the last year, I had been flying back and forth between Houston and New York. I fight choreographed an off-Broadway show. I started filming for this other app. And so I spent a lot of time, I spent more time in the last two years with my parents than I have honestly in the last, I don't know, 27, 28 years, because I left the house when I was 18. So other than visits here and there or vacations, I didn't spend daily lives with them. And so for my mom to sit down and and ask me, hey, what does it really mean? Like what's what's pro-choice, what's pro-life? Here's an opportunity to have a discussion. Yeah. So here's a very strict Catholic raised Mexican woman getting her to understand why the current debate, why the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade is detrimental to society and us as humans on this planet. And then she says to me, I'm I just, she says to me, I understand now because no one ever told her. No one ever took the time. Yeah. No one ever took the time. And so even on my daily, I call my mom and dad every day and how are you feeling today? She goes, you know, I, I, I sat and I stopped and I breathed. Oh. Like hearing a 72-year-old strict Catholic woman who thought that breathing was weird. <laughs> I 
get it. You know, I, I used to get, I used to get told, she asked me, she was like, why are you like that? I don't know. I just am. She's now a full supporter of me. My father, who's a cancer survivor, like I taught him the, the power of rehabilitative breath work, yeah. how it can help with the process of, of his chemo. And he's 100% cancer free. So thank goodness for that. But like hearing my dad say, yeah, I went in and I took your meditation. He takes my meditations every morning and then oh. he goes into his yoga routine and then his workout routine. And he's 78 years young. So oh. like it's possible. So I, I share that lovingly to just give you the insight that like a conversation, not an argument, yeah, just a discussion. And it can be a debate. Yeah. We'll take you places. I have some, my, my, my line brothers, some of my fraternity brothers, I don't agree with all of their ideals, but there's a level of respect. Sure. And that's, what's lacking here is the respect yeah. for people and their own opinions. And yeah. rather than helping people voice their opinions and voice their concerns and voice their needs, we're being told that you have to be quiet, tend to your own, that ain't right. Um, okay. Again, that's a whole other nine hour podcast that we can do, but I, I just appreciate having this platform to be able to share in that capacity. Beautiful. I think, I think that's very important and conversation can just be like the conversation you have with your mom. It doesn't have to, we, we don't always know what we don't know. So until someone says why this would be hurtful for someone, you might not ever even give it a second thought, you might not know why. And then when you hear a personal experience of why that was hurtful and oh maybe they are right <laughs> i can mm. i can think about that differently mm. so that's a that's a beautiful that's got to feel beautiful for you to have thank you and, and and i want to recognize and completely honor like i'm i'm very graced cuz i know and i have many friends who are they've been disowned their their the relationships with their families are are broken and irrev vocably not repairable like so i i'm very lucky i feel lucky and i've got a younger brother so shout out to my brother alex who in his own right was living his own life and we're only two years apart and he's my best friend growing up and my best friend one of my best friends now but i also had to like he had to go and do his own thing i you know I, i i had to stop begging him to listen to me I'm big brother. So, yo, let me tell you how this is going to be because, and then I'm like, whoa, 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 that, that's how I, no, no, no. That's everything I'm trying to shy away from. Right. And he came into his own and him and his beautiful wife. Hi, Melissa and Noah and Jalen, his stepkids and their beautiful full-size Doberman Pinter, Rocky, who he is having a hard time navigating because Rocky's only a year old. So shout out to all of them in Houston, but like he came into his own. And again, the influences start with us. Can you be that one person today that decides on a random act of kindness? Because then that's going to shift people. And I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I talk about how easy it is to maneuver. So as a Navy sailor, even though I served mostly with the Marines, I was an 84 or four corpsman, what we call a devil dot. I didn't spend times on ships, but my friends who are actual sailors on a nautical map, you can shift your course half an inch. And all of a sudden you're 60 to 70 miles off course, or just 67 miles in another direction. Tony Robbins has spoken to this as well, but it's really about putting yourself in a position to just subtly change. And so what you can't see me doing is that I'm facing Rachel in this camera, and I only moved my shoulders to the left about three inches. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a complete 90 degree turn somewhere else. It doesn't have to be 180 degrees. It doesn't have to be 320. It can be as simple as today, I'm going to do this instead of this. Yeah. Simple. It starts there. And then giving the body a chance to then adapt. But implementation is the hardest thing. So like, yeah, we're talking and we're chatting and we're talking about everything that we're doing. But I have a question for you. How hard was it to then integrate your practices current day into your daily life? Some days are more challenging than others. Um, It. it it's surprising though, when I do actually notice that, oh, I, I I'm responding differently than I would have a past sure. version of myself. So it does happen, but there are days where I'm not perfect. And I, <laughs> I have moments I'm like, woof, that was, that was a little rough, but <laughs> I recognize it now. I used to not even be aware of it. So sure. I, you know, until you have some awareness, there's no changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's little bits every day. And I started off with um, learning to listen to my body by like choosing what shirt I wanted to wear mm. and how that felt on my body. So I'm like, what shirt do I want to wear today? Which which feels like a yes in my body, you know? Mm. So like little things like that, feeling my feet on the ground is, you know, to ground myself and like taking a breath and just noticing my feet or my butt on the chair and my feet mm-hmm. on the ground and just just noticing and not really changing for, you know, an hour, but just that one moment, that one or two breaths. And that really helps kind of shift my perspective. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. Every day is different. And like I said, I still get triggered. (laughs) Who who doesn't? (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, the the activations are ever present. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's coming from that place of activation, that state of hyper arousal, hypervigilance. And then this is a nice segue into why breath work is the foundation. Hi friends. If you're not breathing, you're going to die period. Right. So can you remind yourself, can you give yourself an opportunity to simply breathe into the feelings? Can you simply breathe into what's going on? Yeah. Can you breathe into the impatience at the same time, breathe into the joy that you feel Yeah. and there's a whole other lesson here on the physiology behind that. Mm-hmm. But the actual extension of an exhale activates the body's rest and digest. So if nothing else, friends, take a deep breath and then extend the exhale. Yeah. Every single inhale activates sympathetic nervous system. Every single inhale tells the body, we got to get ready for something, fight or flight. And the minute you take 10 extra seconds to breathe out, the body's rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system then goes, Oh, okay. No, we good, man. We cool. We can chill out. Cause that starts the actual decompression increases focus, improves clarity. And then that puts us in a position to potentially respond to situations rather than abruptly react. And that's the key. Um, I want to share with you, you just inspired me. So I I have to program late this afternoon because I record for active next week. But my next meditation is going to be dedicated to you. And it's going to be called Feeling the Yes. Oh, I love it. There's so much of that that just, I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. So friends, if you're on the active app, if not, download it or hit me up. I'll give you the code for it. But like, I can't wait to delve into Feeling the Yes. Yeah. How often do we tell ourselves or how often do we subdue the yes because society or a partner or the outside constraints say no 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 can you feel your yes 
So Rach, that's, that's going to be for you. Thank you. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That makes my heart so full. (laughs) Do you think that you would be willing to walk us through a, a little grounding practice to wrap this up or maybe a body connection practice or some oh, breathing absolutely. or absolutely. whatever you're feeling in, you know, mm. in your mind's eye. I would love to be a part of that. Um, so for many of you who are fans of Rach Pakora and are fans of mine or listeners or new to meditation, one of my favorite things to hear from people who've never done yoga or meditation. Yoga, it's usually, I'm not flexible enough. Okay, well, it's got nothing to do with that. Or meditation is I don't have the time. Yep. So I'm about to impart some wisdom, y'all. <laughs> Imagine a big old wise owl with some big old beautiful glasses. And I love your glasses, by the way. Ah. Here's how easy it is. How do you tap into something that's going to be grounding, something that's going to hold you supportive? Over the course of the next 60 seconds. That's it. Clock is starting right now. Can you breathe in? And then breathe out. Can you draw the shoulders away from the ears? And as you continue to breathe naturally in the way that best serves your own body and the current place you're in, knowing that it will shift, can you listen to what's around you? Can you take in the scent potentially in the air? If you feel safe and uncomfortable, maybe the eyes close, maybe they not. Can you listen, smell, potentially see? Can you imagine the taste of your favorite dessert or food? Can you feel the coolness on your skin, the fabric? Can you imagine the textures? And then over the course of the next two breaths, may I invite you and everyone listening to take two of the biggest, deepest breaths you've ever taken today. Utilizing the entire body. So the top of the chest rises, the rib cage expands, the belly inflates often. And then if you feel like you're eating a sound or a sigh or an HM or an H ah, out of your mouth, feel free to do so. One more, just like that. And then when you're ready, slowly coming back to a place of attentiveness, moving the body. And what we just did, that literal somatic breathwork practice. I'm curious, Rachel, how do you feel? I forgot where I was. <laughs> Yo, that's, we call that taking it celestial. I have a dear friend of mine, her name's Stephanie Wallace, and she's a wonderful yoga teacher, meditation teacher. She's actually one of my guides and mentors when I teach the power of like the moon and why lunar energy is to be beautiful. Anyway, so check her out. She's a Y7 in San Antonio, Y7 here in New York City. She's uh, uh, one of the yoga meditation teachers for Lululemon's The Mirror. Um, But she speaks to going celestial. So forgetting where you are means your body left. You know, it's waking up from that really deep, deeply rooted nap. And you're like, where am I again? (laughs) It's you're, you're leaving. So that's 60 second practice. A, Pausing. B, relaxing the shoulders, feeling the body. C, breathing in. D, tapping into the senses. That can happen waiting for the train. That can happen in the midst of a conversation. That can happen seated on your favorite cushion or chair. That can happen walking the dog. 
So for people to say to me that they don't have time for meditation, I am lovingly challenge you to reconsider that you don't have the time because that can happen brushing your teeth. So with all of that said, come at me, bro, if you want to learn more about this stuff. So my website, www.thejourneywithcaesar.com, spelled C-E-A-S-A-R, offers what we call waiting for the train meditation. So if you feel like subscribing, great. But what I offer is this subscription-based library of meditations, thematically different things. Uh, but I also want to help in part. So if you want to reach out on IG or the social media, Twitter, at Cesar at Barajas, feel free to reach out. And I'm so happy that I invited you in one of my classes yeah. to reach out because then you took the impetus to do so. And here we are. And that's the simplicity behind the practice. Yeah. Simple is beautiful. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Creating simplicity is what's challenging. Mm. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Caesar. I'm so honored that you could show up and share your love and your wisdom. And I know that there is at least one person listening that is going to take something. <sighs> I can't wait. I just know it. And let's do this again. Let's do a part two and three. Yeah. Yeah. You're always welcome back. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll wrap it up and I will link all of that info in the show notes. So if people want to reach out to you, they'll, they'll be able to uh, look you up and yeah, definitely look Caesar up. He's doing some cool stuff and he's fun to follow on Instagram and just kind of follow along with his journey. So thank you so much. The light and love inside of me honors the light and love inside of you. I've heard that so many times. So thank you. I so received that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And we'll see you next time on another episode. Thanks for listening to Return to Ease. Before you go, show some love for this podcast by leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you and stay tuned for the next episode.